Welcome to Weeaboo Hell. It's Weeaboo Hell. I'm Denard Dale. And I'm Sam Legal. Today, we're talking about the first two episodes of Handshakers. It came out in the winter 2017 season, and it's a real special show. How would you describe the general concept? So right off the bat, it's one of those things that just seemed amazingly ill-conceived. Really just a reach exceeding its grasp. Yeah. Um... <laughs> but that's just in that's just the uh, the big picture right there. Then like you actually start watching the thing and you like watch all of the various little things going wrong. I agree with that. I think this is really one of those cases where the devil's in the details. It has a sort of like failed fate stay night kind of setup, which is bad news because I consider fate stay, stay night, night to a be failed... a failed fate stay night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not it, it's not a good situation. <laughs> I know to be I'm in. probably not going to make a whole ton of friends saying that. You haven't even hit, like, your various Sword Art Online opinions, so you might as well, like, warm people up to the idea. No, my Sword Art Online opinions are not... They're not kind to Sword Art Online. I don't think anyone who, like... I don't think anyone over the age of 11 is going to disagree with me there. You know, I try not to trash on that one just because I feel like... I don't know. It's it punching like, down. It's not not just punching down. It's like telling people Santa isn't there. Like when they, <laughs> Realizing that media is bad just pulls a whole, like veil down on a lot of things that seem emotionally important to people that I for reasons I don't understand. Well, that's kind of a conversation to be had about just the whole of media criticism in general. Like, who are you to ruin someone else's fun? But like, I don't know, what was sort of online to ruin my fun? I could have done something else that week. It's true. Like, think about all those, like, free-floating radio waves. It could be occupied by, like, something rewarding or enlightening or, I don't know, at least, like, a, a random office document. The second season of Green Lantern the animated series or something like that. Oh, um, that's the other thing about today's show, by the way, is think of your favorite thing that doesn't have a sequel as you get into this, and this has a sequel instead. The weird thing is that Talk Through the Grapevine is that it wasn't actually too terrible, this sequel. I can't even remember what it's called, but I, I think they actually changed the name like they wanted. They changed the name. It was just too tainted at that point. They just didn't want to be part of their fucking broken <laughs> progenitors. <laughs> their hideous mutant parents. Like, the horrible secret you find out about your creator species in like an H.P. Lovecraft novel. Like they just came to the earth to fuck with some sheep and left. Dogs hate him. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a re- it's a real hard life. Being the child of handshakers is what I'm getting at. <laughs> He's probably really emotionally distant, too. He can only talk in terms of waifus and vague stand ripoffs. Like, I wonder, like, how much of the creative staff carried over from one series to another. Because for a show that's bad, right? Like, real bad. You have to wonder, like, how much of it had to do with incompetence on the part of, like, the creative staff. And how much of it had to do with just a bad idea that could not really be executed on well, or if things just went wrong in production. It's hard to find, like, the exact fault lines. I watch it and I feel a dispassion to it more than I feel like someone spilled coffee on the mixer and they have to remake everything. The the thing about Handshakers, and it's almost kind of frustrating, is that someone somewhere had some amount of ambition uh, for this series. Like, it, there was someone where Handshakers was his baby, like, 
Like he, he would really like write, he would like do that thing where you write what you want down fifteen times a day, and he would write it down. Handshakers will be an anime hit. Handshakers will be an anime hit. Handshakers will change the industry. Handshakers will be discussed on forums for years to come. Will desperately be discussed on podcasts for you know now until the end of this episode. And that's immortality, <laughs> of a sort, of a sort. Oh, my other thing on the um general concept is uh. I guess I would call it little sister stands. Yeah, that's what emoto means, right? Yeah, emoto. Yeah, I called it like emoto stand waifu show. It's <laughs> so this episode. This is our first episode, and in the tradition of a lot of good and bad media, it starts in media res. Also, our hero has no idea what's happening himself. And at first I thought he had amnesia, but he may also just be a moron. I don't actually think there's amnesia on this show. It just it, the dialogue implies it. I have no idea what's what the first two minutes of the show, basically. Yeah, no, the, um, a good in medias res, you still kind of know what's going on. You're plopped into the middle of it, but, like, it's clear what is happening. The show accidentally dunks on itself a little. The guy says, I have no idea what is happening What is a handshaker? I think in medias res can be used as a really kind of lazy trick. Um, yeah where you kind of don't really feel like uh, building up to it. Or like, and, and like the thing is that even le- even later in the episode, they do build up to it. So what's even the point? They, I kind of think they want to just play with their toy a little bit. Like the visuals on this show, I guess, bear some discussion because it, for better or for worse, it, it doesn't really look like any other show I've ever seen. Um, and I really wish that that was a good thing when I said it, but like, I was taking some notes on this series when we were watching it, and um, I don't know if there's a better term I could use for it than "I fuck," but like that—that is—that is where my mind I immediately went to. The legal term to. is um, aggravated eye assault. I don't know. So at some point, this came out in 2017. I guess 2016. You have like. Stardust Crusaders, wherever they were in the JoJo's process, making its little bucket of money. 2016, I believe, was uh, when uh, Diamond is Unbreakable started airing. Right? I that, and, and like and people were saying, oh, they like all the purples and pinks in this. So what this staff interpreted that as is, let's refract an entire kaleidoscope through itself twice and shoot it directly <laughs> on screen and see who survives. And it turns out, I'm not one of the survivors. I'm one of the people that dies in the eye call for fucking handshakers i will be a victim please protect me it's rough so the story jumps back in time to a bad guy tormenting a girl in magic bondage chains i was at work when i watched this how close to getting fired do you think i was i mean was this the first time that you'd been caught you know watching magic bondage anime at work because i gotta tell you Magic bondage anime. I feel like that is a subgenre, not a whole genre, but like at the very least a subgenre. I can name two or three titles off the top of my head. I mean, I'm not a connoisseur of in that genre. I think I'm more of a dabbler. But yeah, fortunately, this is the first time that I walked into my fucking agency and was like, "Hey, you know what seems like age-appropriate content for today when the new boss is coming through and chatting up everyone? I'm gonna put on handshakers. See, it's not hand fuckers, right? They they make a play at it being PG. True, it's true. not. It's like an like uh, over the pants hand job. It's, it's, like, <laughs> the, I mean, it, it's not prom night in Handshaker's world. It's like the junior prom and everyone's standing on the opposite sides of the room from each other. And the plot and purpose like sort of make eye contact, but they never really quite meet or touch hands or anything. 
it was really weird though because she is just constantly on this moaning wavelength and they don't stop with it they, and i had headphones on but it was still just i could almost feel like i didn't feel my core was judging me. i felt like and i'm a stone cold atheist but i felt like god was judging me <laughs> no it's like have you ever been at the gym right and you have you have headphones in and for some reason while you have headphones in you become convinced that no one can hear you if you fart really loudly because you can't hear you. It is, yeah, this show is like the opposite of that freedom. <laughs> you feel like the eyes of the world. It's like you're in a fucking panopticon or something. So, M- Mr. Edge, that's what I call the male half of the villain couple in this show, is trying to kill our protagonist couple who have shield powers. We don't know why, by the way. I know, like, you're supposed to take some things on faith. They don't even begin to explain the world that they live in that we can't even guess at their motives just they're hunting them something yeah. there's some uh, there's some um, talk of hunting the, 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 yeah, the, the hunting stands ch- are called nimrods and like no no they're stands like the hunting talk is constant the i can't believe they're not stands talk is constant mm-hmm. it actually kind of reminds me of there is one xkcd strip if that's even semi-relevant in today's world where like he didn't call Randall's Law or anything. Maybe he should have. About fantasy novels, not anime. I think it just applies to broad speculative media. The more made-up words there are in a short span in a speculative fiction work, the worse it is. No, that's fair. No, I can usually, like, tell whether or not I'm going to quit something real quick. If, like, we're five minutes out of the OP and already they've dropped, like, four or five proper nouns on me. Yeah, this one's back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Ziggurat, Nimrod, Handshaker. And <laughs> all in the span of a couple minutes. It, they, they were really going for it. Showing in media rest tradition, the story jumps back in time again to a generic high school. I, mean, I don't want to quite call it generic because it's a high school in which... A high school that seems to exist only in Dutch angles. Yeah, I wouldn't say the high school is fully sketched enough, either in terms of personality or literal drawing, to be generic. You just take it on sort of faith it's a high school. Is there a class? I guess there isn't even really a class scene. He talks to a class president. Oh boy, how do we even begin here? I don't know. I don't really know where to start. Well, our main character's name is Tazana, and this class president's only trait is that she looks at Tazana... And something in her brain is switched to breed. Like, I'm afraid <laughs> that he is going to get, like, dragged off somewhere, like, how cave people interact. I, I guess there's, like, a wish fulfillment thing of wanting to feel wanted, but I just sort of start to worry for him more than feel any kind of thing for the character. I feel like, before we go any further here, we, like, could talk about this show's gender politics. I don't honestly know if I would be able to say anything that enlightening about it. Like, like nothing that does not feel like very well-trod ground already. Like, yeah, take it from me. It's gender politics are horrendous. <laughs> this, this show exists, like, maybe 50 years behind the times. <laughs> if we were to, like, equate, like, gender politics as, like, literal policy, I would call the show's gender politics sort of, like, printing money. Like, why don't we just print more money? Why don't we just print more money? Why don't we just add more jiggle physics? (laughs) The show, they give me a bit of nostalgia, the jiggle physics. Not for, like, a good show, but for a good fighting game. It reminded me of Dead or Alive 4 a lot. And I played a lot of that game. We played that in high school. Yeah, I like the drunk guy. Yeah, the drunk guy was cool. Mostly because he didn't jiggle and you could actually, like, focus on what you're doing. You could sort of, like, fight with him and, like, you could actually get somewhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, Itagaki, he was a director of the games. He would have loved Handshake. Oh, I'm sure he would have, yeah. Man, so... Tazna is told, everyone thinks you're amazing by President Lily. Did this make you more attached to our protagonist? I feel like the first time that anyone told me that everyone thinks I'm... Am- no, it still hasn't happened yet. Not sorry. No, I... If anything, it disconnected me from the guy. Maybe my opinion is too colored by my experiences in high school, but I really do not think that in high school anyone will ever come up to you and tell you that everyone thinks you're amazing. Unless they're playing some sort of sick trick. Even if you're in some kind of like... Degrassi or Bayside High School kind of situation and you have literal toadies and minions, they will have like the presence of mind in their sycophanty to not just walk up to you dull-eyed and say, everyone thinks you're amazing. Like, I think there are layers of subtlety you hit before that one. Imagining imagining being an anime girl (laughs) with a unique character design who doesn't want to fuck the main character. Man, like, what kind of life must that be like? You'd be breaking out of your chains and you'd be like a self-aware AI. Like, Remember the scene think... from The Matrix where he wakes <laughs> up and then the fucking the robot flies by and it's really like startled <laughs> that he's awake. <laughs> that, that robot would like look in and say, like, are you not attracted to his milk toast personality? Look, it has two traits. He is clumsy and forgetful. Are you not in love? <laughs> He has a skill. He fixes things. Machined well, things. That is his actual skill in this. He is a machine. He's a machine whiz or something, to, to, to my understanding. I would just call him a machine. He, he Yeah. His shit's gonna be all gear-themed. His, his... Okay, it's... They call it a Nimrod. It's a stand. Let's let's not beat around the bush No, no, here. it's not a stand, because like a stand could be anything from like a giant chicken to a puppet. You're... Nimrod is a 13 to 18 year old girl that you must physically carry around with you. I don't know if it's true for all of them. It's true for his one. If he like lets go of this girl, she, she dies. dies. That is what we are told. So it it could be that this is the case for the punk rocker guy with the bondage girlfriend. It could be. It could be. Only sometimes he lets go of her. I can't tell. Like, oh wait, no. Did we did we mention roles. the bondage girlfriend thing? Like that angle. These guys are organized into like pairs and like. I guess we'll call Tazuna and his waifu, like, um, Team Generic. And then you have... You know, of all, like, the proper names that they dropped, I think they only gave gave us her name once, and that was not enough to imprint itself on my memory. I do not... I have nothing. I know she has purple she is, hair. Her name, to me, is Rei Ayanami. She is Rei clone number 47. She's from a proud and storied lineage. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure that she honors it, but she's from it. She's, like, definitely there. She is a uh, participant. She is present. She happens. The show is full of things that happen. The vice president, president, vice president, school council girl cares? gives him his tarot card, and it's, it's speculative fiction. So it's going to be one of three cards. It's always like... Tower, Hangman, Death. The Tower, Hangman, Death. Every now and again, you get the fool. Yeah, it was the Tower the real, this time. Real deep cuts, yeah. That, and I'm not a, really a spiritual guy, which is to say I have a sort of spiritual hole where any sort of, like, voodoo concept goes, but... If a rando just handed me a card, it would be the Tower. I'd at least start to get concerned about the, cur- the course of my day, I think. If I've got it right, Tower... That's... Either the one that's actually about death, the way that death isn't, or it's like pride. It's about it, it foretells disaster, as I remember. 
The like, pride you, before the fall. You like, think things are going well, and then, oops, they're not. You think you can pitch a show based on hand-holding, and the studio says, sure, and you're like, oh, fuck, I have to make this <laughs> like, now. Like, oh, fuck. I was trying to buy two weeks we of real We have to do concepts. 12 episodes of this. <laughs> oh, man, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> oh, man, thank God that seasonal anime has taken over. If this were 2005, I'd need to pitch them 26. We'd get 26 episode order. <laughs> oh, what is episode 24 of Handshakers? Handshake meteorites, like, grasping lightly in space. As one of them says, is love possible on the battlefield? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like, kind of turn turn our attention just a little bit towards the, the last couple episodes of, uh, of Darling and the Franks here. A show that yeah. should not have gone yeah. on for as long as it did. That show... <laughs> That show had problems the way your average 20-year convict has problems. Like, I thought that show had a shot for, like, the first eight episodes, and then the cracks start to form along the arm, and... I don't know, sometimes, you know, there's, like, a fatal disease, but it's, you, you, there's a chance of it going into remission or what have you, and at first you have some hope for the person. You know, they've got a strong spirit, maybe they'll pull through. You know, you hear that Trigger is doing half of it, and most people get through chemo all right. And then by the end, there's a giant version of the main girl crying at the main guy in space, and you realize that you haven't done any drugs today, so this is just happening. No, like, I, I don't want to get too distracted here, but, like, there's the show that loses its way, and then there's the show that never even begins to find its way. This is definitely in the latter category. We can talk about Darling and the Franks later, because it is very much in the former, along with at least two Gundam shows that I can name. So, we're told, rather than shown, that Tazuna has a university job under a Professor Makihara. Oh man, you know that this guy is funny too, because the first time we see him, he falls down. <laughs> it's true. He falls right into a pool of butterscotch and he can't get up. <laughs> Th then he starts crying, as I remember. He does start crying. He goes through about three extreme emotions in short order, which is... I guess a replacement for, like, causal relationships with the personality, or... I don't know, they really want to stand on your personality, but he's basically a bipolar Professor Oak Sprite. And then he's gone. And then he's gone. And then he's gone. gone. The, the guy shows up for, I want to say, 90 seconds or so. Delivers about as much exposition as you're going to get. That's the other thing with this thing, is that they're... There seemed to be a decent amount of exposition, right? Like, they were giving you all sorts of proper nouns. A dude literally burst in the room, all dramatic, yeah. to explain things. Still no closer to knowing anything more than I did going in. The amount of information spoken versus retained in this show is... I think there's a point where failure becomes artful. I think we sort of trip into that at points with this thing. Between, it's like painful screechy girl moaning audio and it's painful eye stabbing purple fuck visuals this thing just sort of goes into a special pain drawn on multiple sensory fronts and i think there's something to be said for that as an achievement yeah it's uncomfortable to both listen to and watch this place that he works is called makihara labs after dr makihara i'm glad you wrote it down because i wouldn't have remembered just so that i cannot be accused of acting in bad faith no I did only just watch this episode once. I have not seen any more than just this one episode. True, true. Don't at me. Episode two, maybe it blows our minds. I would love it. I would cry crystal tears of joy if, like, this show just grew if Riker's it just beard picks the in fuck one. up. 
Ray Ayanamigo points to the sky and said, your drill. <laughs> and it just goes from there. Please, sign me up. I'm there with you. I don't mean to come back to Darling and the Franks, but they tried that already and it didn't work. You can't just make a show Gurren Lagan. It needs to start out being Gurren Lagan. I think there's like a Velvet Underground effect where like you really get diminishing returns upon imitation. So he finds a hospital bed there that triggers a tragic flashback to losing his little sister. And I think that whenever the little sister thing comes in on one of these shows, you know it's time it's to It's like jump. they've conditioned me. They've conditioned me to like to be suspicious immediately. Like, I don't know. I didn't even watch Oreyima. But like, I felt Oreyima. Like a disturbance in the force? <laughs> Like, like a it, great it, darkness was coming, like the old lords had come back. Its influence made its way to me. And now I don't think I can trust any anime that features a protagonist, a male protagonist, who has a little sister ever again. It it kind of is guilty until proven innocent at this point, And probably will be for the next several years until the tremors subside. In a post Oremo world, I feel like I can almost tap into, like, the cancel culture mentality for a second. Like, I see the little sister and no trial, no evidence. Just, this show is canceled. <laughs> this show is canceled. I'm out. <laughs> I know where this is going. Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck you, you scumbag. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. Why are Drop you in dead. jail already? <laughs> <laughs> so, then, in this hospital bed, I don't know if she is his sister or is a lookalike of his sister. I guess that's our, um... Our thread of dramatic tension and handshakers. He seemed to know who she was, was the weird thing. Yeah, I, I think that's his sister's name. I, I could very well be wrong, don't quote me on that, but he seemed to know who she was. Oh, you are quoted. He 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 didn't seem to be at all surprised that she was there. I think, if anything, he was surprised by the fact that, nope, nope, he touched her hand, she's gonna die if he lets go. I can relate to him in so far as that much, because... That's weird. That's a strange mechanic of this universe. Maybe she just has anxiety and the doctor's fucking with him. Like, she's just gonna get real stressed out if he lets go. She's gonna be like, I don't know anyone here. I hate this party. Can we go home? It's hard to tell me. Like, she you just told has... me we were going to catch up on Kaguya-sama this evening. <laughs> Instead. Oh, man. Instead, he's like, come on. We gotta go to a Delta Five party. It'll be totally cool. It's okay. I know these guys. They're cool. Just be cool. I have to maintain my relationship, sweetie. But Big Brother, do they know that you have Oremo statues? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> also, they can't know we're related. They'll think it's weird. They won't know if you know what's good for you. <laughs> <sighs> After they touch hands, our hero has not so much an LSD vision, but like what someone thinks like an LSD vision is like from watching bad movies. See, that was that was the thing here. I. I didn't hate that little bit. It meant nothing. Sound and fury symbolizing nothing, etc., etc. But you did get that sense of ambition showing through just a little bit. Like, something wanted this show to be better than it was. I think you have a point there, actually. I think that scene is, like, this show's three-point shot. Like, it just goes for it. It wants to believe. It wants to put some points on the board. It wants to be unique. It wants to look like no other show. And in insofar as that, it does succeed... There is not another Handshakers, as far as I can tell. It is a unique hodgepodge of plagiarism. This show is, I think, what Gankutsuo looks like, but in hell. <laughs> <laughs> and this LSD vision is accompanied by God's voice telling him, You have gained the revelation of the Bible. 
and he will face many trials and is now a handshaker. Wait, was it Bible or Babel? I feel like it was like B-A-B-E-L. Either way, vague Old Testament nonsense is going Old on. Old Testament nonsense. There was some talk of ziggurats. I think we've mentioned that. Oh yeah, ziggurat is, is one of our uh, three vocab words from the show. Are there loan words we really abuse in American media? I feel like there has to be something we were just not scanning right. No, I think loan word abuse. Maybe it's not unique to anime, but man, have they turned it into an art form? Oh, oh, you know what that you know what word they've completely killed Laid on with the isekai genre. The word Yggdrasil completely fucking killed. Like you it's can't over. you can't say like Yggdrasil is canceled now. They've used it in like. <laughs> Five or six different really shitty isekai. Yggdrasil like posted some mega church stuff about gay people. It just cannot put. Cannot be <laughs> on Twitter anymore. It's gone. It's gone. It's young adult book is canceled. It's young adult book is canceled. It's, it's been fired. <laughs> it's been fired from directing the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It's gonna pop up like six months later if a show on the Blaze. <laughs> Joe Rogan is about to interview it. Oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna field some questions about DMT. <laughs> the quirky doctor comes back and evidently he's known. Wait, he does? Well, right after the scene, he comes back and says he's known about this handshaking shit. But he doesn't really explain anything else. He just says, hey, handshaking. And this is the only time I really feel for our protagonist. Because he his reaction of what is almost diegetic or non diegetic I don't know which term fits, but just like what is happening and why. I'm in this now. If this whole anime ends up being an allegory for graduating from high school and then signing off on your college loans, then that's actually like, no, it's pretty masterful. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the consequences are going to be. They're definitely grave. I think the uh, allegory for signing on to your student loans is Death Note, where when in, when the company puts your name in their book... You will have a heart attack ten years later. Just know I'm gonna be here when you die. <laughs> I'll kill you. And then L takes a pass at the presidency to try to change things, but maybe it doesn't quite work out, you know? It's for the record, that show ends at episode twenty five for me, still like now and forever. That show does end at episode twenty five. What a game of cat and mouse. <laughs> that was it was really interesting to see the objectively wrong person win. Our main character has a sort of another, like, god seizure, and I don't know if the quirky doctor teleports away or if as soon as our hero's eyes roll to the back of his head, if he just sprints out like he's practiced this before. He's like a roadrunner-shaped dust cloud behind him. Or maybe my favorite one to imagine. I think maybe he just ducks under the table. Like, he's just there for the rest Goes of the Goes and hides in the broom closet. It, I don't know, but... Our hero's- is, he's gone now. It's not that important. But our heroes are attacked by, like, these burning 3D bondage chains. Would you say their escape is a compelling action sequence? I would call it completely and utterly weightless. I didn't really get the sense that anything um, had any sense of force or impact or... I do feel like it's something that very much happens and falls out of your head and suddenly they're in the courtyard. It's a problem. It's a problem very unique to animation. It seems like it's a very easy thing to get wrong when you're animating action set pieces you have all these things and they're happening but you have to animate it in a certain way or else there will not be a sense of consequence or weight coming across like yeah, i kind of felt like they could have fallen into a pit of lava and would have just been unaffected by just the way they sort 
almost glid across screen. And oh, random thought on the animation, by the way. The mouth flaps. If you ever watch this, oh no, mouth, they're hilarious. They like, are, terrible. They're, they're fucking hilarious. It's, it's like, like they're dubbing it from a third language. It is great. Yeah, you've moved your mouth, I think, around three or four more times than you really needed. To. It's it's really magical. Like I keep on waiting for like, the insects to fly into these open portals <laughs> that they carry around. It is something fucking else. So in the courtyard, they're confronted by Edgeman in a biker jacket with a literal, non-embellished, big-titty goth GF in chains. I can't remember their names. I don't think we ever got their names, in fairness. Break and bind, or bind and something. Whatever. No, no, that was the name of his stand. Sorry, his, his, the name of his Nimrod. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know, man. Nimrod means something else because of Looney Tunes in the States, and I just don't think Japan ever got the message, because Nimrod, in the States, because of Bugs Bunny, yeah. means moron. I should. I feel like I need to describe Edgeman for a second. He has, like, if you've ever seen those sort of fan hedgehogs people make... <laughs> And then the parodies of fan hedgehogs people made of the guy who has, like, nothing personnel kid or whatever the fuck. Oh, his name was Cold Steel. Cold Steel. He's, like, a human Cold Steel. He's got, like, the biker jacket, the spiked hair. He wears a crucifix. He does actually look quite a bit like you averaged out every single other anime rival that's, like, existed before him. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for friendship to, like, really change his heart around, you know? (sighs) I don't know. He was only whipping her of chains as a joke. It's funny. It's funny, right? It's funny when that happens. I mean, like, (laughs) she seems to enjoy it, so, you know, feminism wins. That's right. It's empowering. (laughs) We shouldn't kink shame them. Our hero, logically enough, honestly, asks them what's happening. I can relate. Our villain then makes fun of them instead of adding context. Does this add to the stakes for you? No, what what added to the stakes even less is where he kept trying to convince them to fight back or something. I know, then... then he the big really titty, has rival virus. The, like, the, the big titty goth GF like, said that she was going, which, oh, that was, that was a clever turn of phrase there. I think we have really undersold exactly like how oversexed this fucking show is, by the way. Like, Every this, shot this of like... this, like, goth girlfriend girl, she is, like, squealing like a stuck pig. I think she's dying. I'm not sure. <laughs> We've been dancing around the the titty problem that this show has got. It is astounding. <laughs> the president character, like, I think it's literally bigger than her head. Like, That's I, a stock oh, absolutely. joke, but, like, the proportions are... This is the show that prison school was warning me about. Yeah, like, this is the show like, that, like, the... the prison school guy would break his pencil in irritation I was drawing me in the devil blues and would say fine I get it I understand what you want I'll give you what you want is this it is this the <laughs> is future this you've you chosen fucking want and it's pr- definitely the future that he predicted prison school is basically his revenge for this <laughs> in the um, process of getting basically lashed to death by um, Shadow the Hedgehog over here Tazuna refuses to let go of his sister or not sister's hand the deep god voice then starts talking to them again, and they see gears everywhere. After babbling about revelation, God says, you are a handshaker, again. How much LSD would I have to take to write like this? I don't know, I'm just like wondering why God himself could not come up with a better name than handshaker. That's a great question. I think that God gets really easily distracted by stuff like shellfish, so... 
things like creative writing really just aren't God's forte. It's why there are so many like little little plot things in between like the Old and New Testament switch. It's like one of those time skips, but none of the characters have even like any line of continuity. Before God is as hard as, then he comes in like, hey, it's me, your buddy. He doesn't have to impress any advertisers. He can kind of call it whatever the fuck he wants, I suppose. I would like to bring something up at this point. Just beyond, beyond just like regular snark here. At this point, um, his Nimrod awakens, right? And it uh, takes the form of a whole bunch of gears and shit, you know, because he's into, he's into fixing things and he's a mechanical genius or whatever. It's very on the nose. It, like, lives on the nose. My nose is breaking. Well, here's the thing. And then it turns into a big sword made out of gears. And I'm left wondering, if you were going to give him a superpower based on his character, right? It seems like they kind of only went halfway because, yeah, superficially, this is a sword made of gears, but it's still a fucking sword. It's incapable of fixing anything. It seems to have no interaction with machines in any way. Like, they wanted to give him a character-based superpower. They gave up. They just fucking gave up. It's a superpower with a character-based skin, I guess. They wanted you to believe so much that he is this plugged-in smart guy and he's in this battle situation it's his opportunity to like use his head to get out of a problem and he says i'm gonna batter the fuck out of this guy with a sword you might as well have given him like a big old stick i just said oh smash (laughs) angry man (laughs) speaking of like our his informant intelligence right before he makes this fucking sword he says these gears must be a weapon like he's got are we sure he's a genius? Like, he's really keying into the rules of this whole thing very slowly. This show does not seem to think that we are geniuses by any stretch of the imagination with a line like this. Yeah, I would say there is an admirable amount of disrespect for the audience. It's it's actually pretty pretty fascinating on how many levels this that this show just, like, flat out doesn't work. It gives us all this shit without explaining us and expects us to kind of understand. And then it does, like, this bullshit hand-holding thing that everyone hates whenever it happens in anything as well. It wants us to be a genius in one breath, but in the second breath, it's condescending to us and kind of treating us like, you know, moron goldfish. And I honestly kind of felt like a moron goldfish when watching this thing. It did feel like a mistake. I would even describe it as less a tale told by an idiot and more of a tale told to an idiot. It is a show that definitely is stupid that also makes me feel kind of stupid for watching it. Normally, like, throw a few lines of snark. It's like, oh, I had a good time with my buddies watching this. At the end of Handshaker's like, oh, god damn it. I just watched that. You fuckers won today, didn't you? God damn it. Go fuck yourselves. Yeah, no, it was the kind of bad that just makes you feel sort of miserable, like something's just been stolen from you. I feel like the last time I got that was Seraph of the End, which we will be covering on this show in the future, mark my goddamn words. I still can't believe that fucking happened. (laughs) Oh man, it's such a fucking moment in history. Watching the first five minutes of that show is like, it's like reading any news article. You just sort of watch it fall apart. Like, it doesn't even take five minutes. Our bondage villain demands some more power from his sub. She spends about two minutes mourning before we get a big chain attack. Then nothing happens. Are you still wrapped at this point? 
like your attention's just locked in. Well, I mean, if it's not, then you're about to get the big pantsu shot too. So <laughs> they really doubled down. Yeah, I felt like this show was punishing me for being a sexual creature. I am not a prude. I'm not even like, I don't know, whatever you call like the sort of sex negative straight and progressive or whatever. I, I like enjoy my stuff, right? And this show just made me feel like I never wanted to breathe or look at people again. I felt like I'd been through like a John Swift parody of human sexuality. To bring it back, you know, again, this show seems to be doing unintentionally what prison school was doing very intentionally, mm. which is it just made all things sexual feel very unattractive and painful. Yeah, it had a very special way about that. Watch Prison School instead. I cannot it's recommend like, that show enough. Everything the show sort of trips headfirst into the gender relations is like the topic of prison school. It's a way, way smarter show than people gave it credit for. Honest to God. And I don't think I've actually ever laughed at an anime as much as I laughed at prison school. I think there were some moments of like Fumofu, but I was also in high school, so they had that modifier. Fumofu aged okay. There's always some money in someone getting shot in the face of a beanbag shotgun. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And just, like, silly high school child soldier kid blows up his locker because someone sent him a love letter. It's like, no, it's, it's, yeah, no, that's, it's an easy joke, but it's a pretty good one. Uh, Jogging's easy. In Japan, in Japan, you smash watermelons on the beach, but Sasuke Sagara brought a gun to do it for him. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking great. So after an inspiring speech, you know, rally the people, put fire on their hearts, Tazana changes his hair color and, as I said before, makes a giant sword out of gears. And I think one of our last shots is him charging the bondage duo with his little sister powers. I don't want to sound too, you know, cinema sins, you know, asking why his hair changed color. But no, I actually do really want to know why his hair changed color not like in the literal sense like what what is this supposed to mean here i think like, the it, show really has a thing where it's on autopilot in a lot of ways his hair doesn't change color because it's a thing in this show his hair changes color because it's the kind of thing they believe should happen in this kind of show oh like, yeah now that's 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 what i thought like you're working of, down a checklist sort of um falsely didactic you could say. It's a weird thing, too, because I guess, like, in the few shows where it means something, like, I don't know, old Dragon Ball or some shit, it's in some kind of, like, dramatic realization or something, right? Like, that's linked to their fucking power-up or whatever the fuck. I guess I'll draw this line in the sand just to be clear. I don't have a thing against battle manga as a concept or genre or whatever. No, it I can and as... has been done very, very well. But that shit can be fun as hell. It can be delivered deftly. I'll watch through the first few bits of Yu Yu Hakusho whenever, whenever the hell, right? Mm-hmm. This thing is by the numbers in the way that those old SNL feature films extrapolated from one sketch felt, where you can just sort of feel every step of the thing you're watching stretching out into the future, but you still have to march between each step manually. No, yeah, I would agree. It's actually a little bit depressing kind of watching it play out before you. Just here are the numbers. Now we paint by them. This is an anime where people fight, so you know what has to happen. (laughs) They're going to have a power. It's going to have a name. It's going to do a thing. His hair is going to change a color. They are going to talk about it. 
Yeah. They are going to explain a whole time. And I think about the pairings in this show and how they all have like the weird sexual undercurrent or whatever. Like one of them has the Emoto thing. The other one has the bondage slash, I don't know, breast hot air balloon thing going. Oh, that's a good and point. Where do we go from here? I know why the show's only 12 episodes, because eventually you're just going to hit the like missionary position couple. Like you're, 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 You just run out of shit. No, no, no. I want the polyamorous throuple that doesn't work. Like oh, they're man, always the there. They just hit our relationships a week later. <laughs> like they're always letting go of one another's hands. One of them just dies violently of handhold withdrawal while the other three are glowing. <laughs> I guess also maybe just going to like the deep cut fetish. Do you get like an electroshock couple? Like Oh, a water sports couple. The water sports couple. So everything always is a little damp and always kind of smells. <laughs> it's just miserable to be in a fight with them. They're always drinking a lot of water. <laughs> God. You have the one that's always asking other ones to be their third. They're all um, they're on all the apps. Oh, the one that's like really into like step sibling porn. Like they're yeah. they they are both clearly not related, but they'll like refer to each other as though they are. Or maybe there's like a couple that's waiting for marriage, and I guess they just have to buy a gun. I don't know what they're gonna do. I know people like that in the twenty first century. Who like went to my liberal arts school, are on my political spectrum, and are still saving themselves from marriage. I just, I just gotta know what the fuck that's gotta be like. But here they are in their what late twenties, early thirties, late twenties. It's 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 mid twenties. It's mid twenties. It's mid twenties. I'm not that old yet. You're not that old yet. These are these are peers. These are peers. Okay, okay. And they are still just riding the Jesus train to work every day. Is it Jesus? I don't know. I haven't really heard this. They've been together six years, I want to say. I don't know how you'd... I wouldn't do it. I don't know. Maybe, like... Maybe they know something I don't. Maybe that's actual love. Like, they don't even need to do the fun stuff to enjoy each other. Like, everything else is just good enough. They don't realize there's a gaping hole in the spectrum here. It's not like they're both ace, either. Not so far as I understand. So, they're not even, like... It's not on like that, they're apathetic like to it. It's just that they uh, uh, they absolutely believe in something and continue to believe in it. Man, may the light of the Lord shine down upon them. Yeah, now I... I live with these questions every day. Wait, I don't! It's great! <laughs> I fucking love not living in those questions. Every day I wake up and I choose what sins I'm going to commit <laughs> and which ones I'm going to save for later. <laughs> I just want to hit some sort of general questions to make sure we covered everything in terms of oh sure yeah this kind of pile. The animation in the show is very special. I feel like it's reductive to call it bad, or rather, it's unnuanced to call it bad animation. Yeah, sure. Like, there are a lot of lazily animated shows that don't like, have like like yeah. When it, whenever you say that a show has bad animation, it, it invites like mid two thousands harem comedies. Where, like, you know, sometimes they have six fingers and it's super fucking choppy or whatever. And, like, whenever, like, someone's cooking and the cabbage is just a green ball. I, I can't even remember what the hell that anime was. But, like, God, I've watched that gif so many times and it's always really fun. This is a different kind of bad. Not being, like, 
actually an animator myself. I don't think I'm using the word tweening quite right here, but like a whole bunch of that going on, I think, in a way that's very noticeable. It doesn't have the feeling that they ran out of money. That's not the key. No, it just seems like they spent it very poorly. They spent it very poorly on a whole array of bright colors that hurt like coming out of the bathroom back into a disco themed college party take your word on that one i did not go to a whole ton of parties in college i'm just remembering the first couple of minutes of the episode where um you know there's just like a shot of i think this takes place in osaka for whatever reason and then there's some really really shoddily edited and just explosions that just take place like over the zoo like Um, (laughs) when it comes to things like the opening sequence throughout most of the show i feel this overwhelming aura of laziness but i think someone thought that opening sequence could be cool no that's like the thing that's what i that's what like kind of fascinates me about this show um Sort of the way that the Netflix Death Note movie did. It's because, like, somewhere, endeavor. someone, somewhere had a vision for this fucking thing. And it's not like that vision panned out or that the end product ended up being good. But what is still left in the end product is just this sense that there was some amount of frustrated artistic something that went into this. I want to know if Handshakers has a Tommy Wiseau personality embedded somewhere in the process. Probably not, considering the degree of laziness and jiggle that permeates everything else. But every now and then there's a scene where you wonder if someone believed. No, this is like, what if Jean-Luc Godard was a moron? So many of the ideas at work here are less than original. Mm-hmm. What are some of the sources of theft you can pin down? We talked a bit about the stand thing. It's the stand thing, but that's, like, true of all shonen battle anime and manga. It's just everything is JoJo and, like, has been since 1989 or so. That is true. That's true. And I guess we've also hit the sort of recurring Fate Stay Night thread just in terms of, like... Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like that, that sort of repressed H-game thing. Yeah, I don't think that this is based on an Eroge but, like, it definitely feels like it's based on an Eroge. That is a weird tone to target. Like, we want this to feel like it was adapted from porn. I'm certainly going to feel really silly if it actually was, but, like, no, this... I I think that this was an original property, right? We'll, we'll look that up. Honestly, I am really excited either way. Like, there is no answer for me that is not hilarious. That's not really funny. No, I think more than anything, yeah, the, um... I, I saw... I saw... Fate stay night, fate, fate, whatever the Nasu versus um, DNA in this. As much as this show was trying to set itself apart visually, I feel as though the character designs were so very of their time mm-hmm. in a way. Like, you can date this show very easily. This was a 2017 anime through and through and you can tell just by looking at any character from the show isolated completely from you know the i fuck backgrounds that they are drawn up against something i want to get at okay in the show 
Because it is a goal it's set for itself that is also impossible <laughs> and kind of impressive in an endeavoring kind of way. Okay. It really wants you to feel that the word handshakers <laughs> is and, cool. Yeah, like it wants hand holding to be awesome. And it's not. And it's not. And I'm wondering. It's just really not cool. And I'm wondering, like, tactically later on, are you going to put, like, finger traps on each other? What I kind of foresee happening is they start, like, going too far in explaining why this works and how this works. Oh, dude, I can't wait to get to the deep cut details of the hand holding mechanic. The hand holding metachlorians. And no matter how much the exploiting they do, it's going to all degenerate to him thwacking someone of his blunt object of a sword. <laughs> I was so disappointed by that. Oh, they did not try. It was something else. <laughs> it should be mentioned that that thing first manifested itself as an upside down cross. Which, you know, like, you know, like if you look at an upside down cross, that kind of looks like a sword. It, Yeah, no, it's like an upside down cross wielded as a sword. Does this mean anything? No, it hasn't meant anything since Evangelion, and it didn't even mean anything then. They're either big fans of the band Behemoth, or following in Gainax's sort of vapor trails like everyone else since that ran. We were talking about this series DNA, and I do see quite a bit of Gainax in this one. Like, they didn't understand what they were stealing, but like... That didn't stop them. Yeah, that's that autopilot feeling. It's like the AI generated like, this program. We should. This is a thing that we should do. I really feel strongly that we should do this thing. But why do we do this thing? No, no, stop it. These aren't the questions that we should be asking. Just do it. I think like the worker and that asked why was ushered out of the he company. He was shot. <laughs> yeah, it says that death of Stalin loud gunshot pop and then he's gone. <laughs> the guy falling down the stairs in the background. What, like, percentage of the show's budget do you think went to Jiggle Physics? Any amount is too much. I want to throw it at a hard 15, like 15%. Keep in mind, I mean total budget. I mean, like, budget that includes marketing, paying voice talent, <laughs> contacting the studio in North Korea that does your keyframe animation. I mean, it was definitely North this time. <laughs> it was. That is, this was not a South Korean <laughs> export, okay? I can it was partnered with an autocracy <laughs> i just remember watching the jiggling happening and like there is this oddly poetic timing to it like it was trying to mean something like it wanted to mean something i think they feel that if there's a rhythm like if it's in four four time the jiggling will feel less obtuse and more realistic like it's a feature of real life in the real world and like this the gravity is a feature of real life in the real world but um they didn't seem to care about that i think in this setting in like, so far the is... person who tried to invent like the wonder bra or the sports bra just got taken out to a shed in the back of a barn and you never heard from him again again that death and was solid shocked. pop yeah <laughs> something was done to counteract the idea of sagging entirely it isn't a thing in this universe do you think it is a side effect of handshaking like as a handshaker no because like his like wobble the student council waifu uh she's not involved with any of this i feel as though we're probably not actually going to see her again and if, if we do i'd be very surprised i would sh fucking flip my shit if they remember that character exists 
Hold on. Actually, let's no. be fair unique, here. Unique. They're going to go back to the sort she of was, she, she had a unique character design. They weren't going to, like, create a unique character design if she wasn't going to come back. And then, like, that one kid who showed up, I don't even know if if he was being a dick or something, but there was this one other classmate who kind of showed up, asked a couple questions, and left. He's and supposed to be, like, a smarmy friend? I, I, I think assume... he was supposed to be, like, the kind of smarmy Greek chorusy friend. I got more of a smarmy rival. Like, I think he's going to have his own handshake little sister going down the line. Well, I guess they'll be blonde. But we already have the rival guy. We have every rival guy. True and he's trash. Been, they've been distilled into one character. <laughs> True trash has two rivals. You have your lower class grunge werewolf rival and you have your upper class stiff upper lip vampire rival. Okay, Hiraka has that. And I do not think that it is trash, but like that definitely has what you're talking about. There's modulation for execution in all things. Oh, sure, yeah. Like, Hiroaka does a lot of shit that shittier shows have done and just does them with a brain stem and a heart and that makes a difference. Maybe in a parallel universe, Hiroaka sucks and this show just rocks my socks off. Like, like this is like nothing I've ever seen before, dude. In that other universe, like crystalline tears of joy just sort of streak down my cheeks. Bro, you gotta watch Handshakers. No other show looks like this. Which, actually, I guess that directly answers what was going to be our next question. I was going to say, what would it take to fix this show? Would it be more important to have a heart or a brain? After? You only get one. Give it a heart or give it a brain. No, you give it a brain. Give it a brain? No, you give it a heart, it's still fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's not really going to finish the jiggle. It's going to jiggle with more enthusiasm. Then you're going to have some real problems. If you're trying to get by almost entirely on heart, I do not think you can have as high a concept as they have given themselves for this series. Like, at most, one of the characters is a ghost, and that's as, that's as high concept as you can get if you're trying to just get by on heart. And, like, shows have, like, there are shows that have done this. Like, Anohana, one of, like, I think three anime series that have ever made me cry. 99.9% heart, that show. Yeah, we, uh, we call that the, uh, tears bells. Like, there are very few tears champions, and, uh, I guess Anohana is one of our winners here. Can you think of any others? Or just Anohana is just the one champion that comes to mind? Wolf children. Oh, wolf children. Fuck mine. <laughs> I have, like, stories that I can tell about wolf children, but, like, another day, perhaps. I think Grave of the Fireflies did something worse to me than, like, the tears belt. I just, the movie finished, I just sat on that couch for, like, another 15 minutes, just looking ahead and thinking about men and the world we live in and the world we've made. <laughs> Maybe we're all about to get what we deserve. I'm just looking ahead and thinking about how men have come to fear their own deeds. I'm like, huh, that was avoidable. <laughs> So yeah, if you feel like watching something good, I'll fuck your mood up. And I guess if you're someone who watches an anime podcast and hasn't seen Grave, and with, hasn't the seen Grave with the fucking fireflies, like first off, like, what are you doing with your internet time? Like, I can't say that I don't recommend it, but like, yeah, if you if you want to know what all the fuss is about, then like, do it. it. Definitely, a, it is it is technically a good movie. Ever visit like one of the museums dedicated to a genocide? <laughs> I've done that. It's generally a mistake for your day, but you can look back and like, oh, that was enlightening. I remember going to the one DC on like two different occasions because I think I was going with two different groups of people. Enlightening, you know, like probably a good idea that I went there. 
did not make my day any better. Yeah, you could not get me to the same genocide museum twice. Once I've sort of absorbed the basic scope. I don't know how they got scope, me there twice. Once, once I've absorbed the scope of the lesson, I think, okay, avoid repeating this. Then again, maybe not. Maybe we should go to genocide museums twice because we, we keep on doing the fucking thing. Oh, yeah, no, we like, we keep making that. the same mistakes. We keep electing the same fascists. <laughs> Dante's version of Hellhead, nine layers. Which layer would you say episode one of Handshakers belongs in? For example, and I have a chart here, I'll give it to you afterwards. I'm going to argue that it belongs in layer five with the slothful. They were the sullen in the book because Dante has opinions about depression, I guess, mm-hmm. but whatever. I think this episode's main sin is laziness when you get down to it. There isn't a single element I haven't really seen somewhere else in some form. It's a death march through predictability. I think I'm going to put this one in the eighth circle. That seems... I know it <laughs> kind of gets worse as you go down there, and it seems like I'm... Damn, but right it does the prideful, okay. It, no, no, this is fraud. This is fraud. This okay. is fraud right here. Because <laughs> this is the show that is not smart enough for how pretentious it ultimately is. It really, really wants you to believe that there is a higher concept and a higher metaphor here. And it's just not there. It makes all of the moves, right? Of something that is didactic. Something that does have, like, a central metaphor behind it. You know, something to be deciphered. But the more you try to decipher it, the more you realize that, no, it is it is a face. They have lied to you. There is really something to that. I would call it an empty suit of a show it's one of those shows where you read through like its entire campaign website and you realize you haven't actually learned anything about the platform or the candidate. Or oh, have you ever like applied to like a job, you know, on Indeed or something like that? And the Too more many. you read about the position, the more you realize that they're probably just trying to get your social security number. It's like that, but it's an anime. This yeah. anime is trying to get my social security number. I was waiting for this show to ask me for my email address. Like, it seemed to want to mail me things later. <laughs> it's trying to move an amount. It's trying to move money <laughs> in the amount of 19 billion U.S. dollars. Yes, and it uh, needs your help. Handshakers episode one is a Nigerian prince. <laughs> I definitely can believe that. And I think that's good for episode one. This has been Weeaboo Hell. I, once again, am Denard Dale, a.k.a. Blind Monkey on various corners of the internet. This has been Sam Legault. I am, you know, sometimes mute monkey. You can find more of Weeaboo Hell on SeemoreEvil.com. Yes, SeemoreEvil.com. Also known as SeemoreEvil.com. Thanks for your time. In the fuck are the wrathful and the depressed on the same layer of hell? Like fucking corn berserkers are running around with people who couldn't get out of bed because they were sad. <laughs> what the hell? Like I don't even mean in a political correction. I just mean in a like direct fucking logical sense of it. Like who? What negative impact are the sullen really having on their environment? They should be chilling in limbo of Aristotle, as far as I'm concerned. Like 
you just sort of existed and then you were gone. You were basically an abortive fetus if you were, if you were like, hardcore, dep depressed, untreated for your entire life in medieval Europe, right? I don't know what you did. That's... That's a question for Ask Historians, I think. <laughs>